Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hot Feed. My name is Raheem Cox. I'm a professional writer slash podcaster. You can find my books and podcasts via my website, www.roofforestpublications.com. As part of this bi-weekly episode of Hot Feed, I will be discussing topics such as radio play, investigations over baby formula, and the wrongful conviction of Malcolm X's killers. Not to keep you waiting, let's jump straight into it. There is a new evident debate regarding music artists and allocation of money for their radio play. America, unlike other countries, for some unrealistic circumstances, denies music artists from receiving payment for their songs played on the radio. It is only American AM FM radio broadcasters who deny those who make profits off of radio play. Music artists are, I guess, seen by American dictation not as entitled for their level or profession. Those streaming services like Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, and satellite, and internet providings, providers like Sirius and Pandora pay artists. I can't myself scrutinize just why this disbursement and payment is missing. It's just a side of politics I'm not aware to. You would think by normal assumption when hearing new songs over the radio, these artists are bringing in large sums of money. And I'm sure young artists are hurt by these unjust policies. In 2022, more than 100 prominent music artists joined together to call on Congress to pass the American Music Fairness Act, AMFA, bipartisan legislation that will finally grant creators performance royalties for the use of their music on, on the radio. American citizens are backing this act with a recent poll finding that six in 10 Americans will support Congress passing this new law. That's it for this segment. Next up is investigations over baby formula. Let's get to it. A bot labs operated under the surgeon's plant is currently under investigation. There apparently has been evidence that baby formula made by them has been contaminated. The level of contamination is currently under review, stating that two infants who consumed this baby formula made by a bot have died. Two other infants drank the formula, apparently along with the ones deceased by the contaminant fluid and developed chronobacter infections. There has been a shutdown in 2022 by their factory located in Michigan by this issue. It's sad our suppliers aren't always trustworthy. The FDA and suppliers of products throughout America are known for their products on, on store shelves, not studied for fair uses correctly. Two infants may have fell victim due to these unfit products. But the good thing is, it could have been a lot worse.
This all started on February 2022 when the Food and Drug Administration responded to a whistleblower reporting a alleged cover-up of substandard cleaning practices and has shipped potentially contaminated formula to retailers. This cover-up regarded a recall of multiple products at the surgeon's plant, including Similac, Elecare, and Alimentum. Um, investigators even found evidence of Chronobacter Sakazaki bacteria at the facility. There are now at least 24 families suing a bot. That's it for this segment. Next up is the wrongful convictions of Malcolm X killers. Let's get to it. Fifty-eight years back, the monumental speaker Malcolm X was assassinated. Just recently, his death, those convicted for taking part in, has been put on trial for Malcolm X's family. Put, put on trial by Malcolm, Malcolm's family for over the concealment of who's truly to blame. This announcement comes two years after a judge exonerated two of the three convicted and jailed in connection with Malcolm X's 1965 murder. How this was all a misconception, I'm curious. After the recall of his death and how it took place, who was said to be responsible by court hearing is a little shaky. Two out of the three men. It appears as if Malcolm X was killed point blank rage while giving a speech. And those that were said to be responsible should have been the ones truly responsible. His family are currently announcing plans to file a lawsuit against the NYPD, accusing cops and various government agencies of intentionally hiding evidence of his murder. This lawsuit, in the amount of $100 million, will go against a long list of agencies, including the City of New York, the State of New York, the NYPD, the District Attorney's Office, the FBI, and the CIA. 26 million last year last year was paid and 10 million also to Muhammad Aziz the, and the family of Khalil Islam to settle lawsuits related to their wrongful convictions. The summary of this all, if money in the millions was distributed to the two men wrongfully convicted of Malcolm's murder, who was going to take responsibilities for the grief Malcolm Malcolm's daughter suffered for his death? That's it for this segment. Next up is a missing student from public schools. Let's get to it. After the after the effect of COVID nineteen in two thousand twenty. Students left public school systems in the masses, mainly black and low-income students, by a thorough survey for state-level examination, found it apparent 
that a third of the nation's public school exemptions was unexplained. In further regards, America is currently under major renovation. However, the agenda that is currently in place is, it's also apparent that it's being disguised of not giving complete coverage. A third, that's a lot. In my hometown, New York City, there were about 60,000 missing children ages 5 to 17, an area of study that as a writer I have not yet detailed. I believe the, devasta I believe the devastation COVID-19 played on mental health wise and on the economy almost, as, almost left students no other choice. The American government aid for minor problems such as housing issues and cost of living for years shows a side that has been left under the same conditions. A lot of our nation's problems are left running for decades before there is a small solution to bring aid or assistance in recovery. Businesses as as businessmen and women have suffered cruelly due to COVID-19, an effect that will be relevant for the next decade or so. This derailment of concern facing students is real, and they and their parents have all the right to be mentally and morally disconnected from normal enrollment processing. The thing is, how is American Education Department or state legislature going to influence encouragement for these students to have the care to bear with normal schooling once again. That's it for this segment. Next up is Latin, Grammy, Latin Grammys headed to Spain. Let's get to it. Hey, what? The 2023 Latin Grammys are said to make history this year, being held at a ceremony in Spain. The Latin Grammys debuted in 2000 and have majority and majority been held in Las Vegas. Also over the years being held in New York, Miami, Houston, and Los Angeles. According to the Juan Manuel, president of Anna, Anna, Delusia, the ceremony will be will reach an audience of up to 100 million people. The exact location in Andalusia, Spain, where the show will be held, marks the first Latin Grammys will be held outside of the U.S. This marks the 24th annual Latin Grammy Award Awards this November, which is considered to be held by Sevilla. President Juan Manuel stated the deal is expected to have an impact of up to around $500 million. Past winners for Album of the Year at this ceremony include Shakira, Juan Luis Guerrero, Alejandro Zanz, and Luis Miguel. This event marks cultural history for Latinos. 
It's good Americans are willing to promote cultural success at different locations for the benefit of other ethnic backgrounds. I'm sure other ethnicities are urging to have their events primarily staged on American territory held in other locations also. I would love to see hip-hop awards shows held in Africa if they haven't already been. This transition to support other ethnic ethnicities promotes fairness, fairness and American diversity for the youth and shows how particular ethnic backgrounds within America, other than Caucasian, can use the American right of passage to assist on their homeland or where their culture predominantly resides. That's it for this segment. Next up is Killer of Nipsey Hussle Gets 60 Years. Let's get to it. The Grammy Award-winning rapper who was killed by gunshot wounds, Killer was just sentenced to 60 years. Nipsey Hussle, known for his har- his hardcore rap style and reputation as a known Rolling 60s crip of Los Angeles, was definitely an up-and-coming star. Not only was he a star rapper, but an owner of a clothing store, Marathon and a community activist. He was shot outside his clothing store in Los Angeles, California, after having a confrontation earlier in the day with another Rolling Sixties crit member. Apparently, Nipsey accused this man, Eric Holder, of being a law enforcement agent for the police. In the streets, referred to as being a snitch. This heated, this heated this man Eric Holder, and later he returned for revenge. Nipsey had just released his major label debut album, Victory Lab, and was nominated for his first Grammy Award for Best Rap Album before he was killed. In 2020, he was awarded Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Song Performance for Rack in the the Middle and Higher. Nipsey was born in Hermes Ashdown and and had known Eric for years. The two grew up as members of the Rolling Sixties gang in the Crenshaw neighborhood of South Central LA. Both of them were involved in being rappers as part of hip hop, but Eric never reached the level of success Nipsey achieved. That's it for this segment. Next up is Billionaire Financier Dies by Suicide. Let's get to it. Money doesn't cure all your problems. A lot of times, 
Even the most wealthy are not content with their wealth and assets of living. This can be told by a new news story deriving from a Fifth Avenue office located in Midtown Manhattan, where a no well-known financier, Thomas H. Lee, was found dead by self-inflicted gun woundage. This man contributed much to private equity and was a pioneer in the use of leveraged buyouts. His personal wealth ranged in the billions. Every so often, I hear stories to this in which men and women of enormous wealth took their lives by some cause in which they had no concern with living anymore. The owner of Bed Bath Beyond comes to mind when Thomas's story in which he ended his life short by suicide. A, a reminder to me to foot myself properly as an adult or man trying to elevate in life, knowing how money in which I thought at a younger age can alleviate. Thomas H. Lee was an iconic figure in private equity. He even was part of a subsequent purchase of Snapple Beverages and Warner Music, which was some of his most successful transactions. In a span of 14 years, Thomas has been responsible for investing in over $15 billion worth of capital, over hundreds of transactions according to his firm site. Thomas also served as a trustee for many cultural organizations, including Lincoln Center, the Museum of Modern Art, and the Whitney Museum of, Amer of American Art. Sad he had to end his life under those terms. That's it for this segment. Next up is Student Loan Relief Blocked. Let's get to it. COVID-19 and the economic deprivation it spread through the economy was and is enormous. I honor President Biden for his efforts to bring America back to, to a normal America. The devastation COVID-19 caused is an effort to repair only reasonable elected officials, to repair only reasonable elected officials can attend to, an address that is being currently walked over as caused by COVID is student loan. A plan was put into efforts to wipe out the full debt balances for an estimated 20 million borrowers. I'm ashamed as a citizen to the utmost extent the Supreme Court will block the plan announced by Biden's administration to bring a sense of equity to students unable to pay student loans. This plan was mainly an effort to help low-income Americans, which would wipe out 20000 in student loans for low-income Americans and up to 10000 for individual earners, making up to 125000 a year. But then's 
$400 billion plan was sadly blocked by bread, bread states. No. Sadly blocked by six red states. Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina. Challengers are currently arguing the Supreme Court must stop their power from unlawfully invoking COVID-19 to assert power beyond anything Congress has conceived. The effect the pandemic was has put into course has, has clearly is, illustrated the need to offer a plan similar to the one offered by the Biden, Biden administration. And it shows even with the deaths of a million or so Americans, along with hundreds of thousands unemployed, there still is a fundamental form of granting equity to our citizens. That's it for this segment. Next up is TikTok limiting kids. Let's get to it. <laughs> Under new policy, which I find well put into place, TikTok has announced a series of new features aimed at protecting younger users, which also includes a daily screen time limit of 60 minutes for those under 18. It's not every day large media output companies are willing to cut sales for safety of those of monitor. If these policies were, which are in relation to the safety of its users, administered more widespread, it would shift the economy drastically. Last August, an estimated 67% of American teenagers used TikTok with 16% of all teens stating they used it constantly. Social media is a big thing. It will be even bigger in the up and coming years. Once again, I'm shocked TikTok would cut into its revenue, though it was probably forced upon them. Accordingly, after youngsters hit their 60-minute limit, they will be required to enter a passcode, forcing them to actively choose to extend the time they spend scrolling through the app. It can be disabled entirely. Though, if they spend more than 100, million, 100 minutes on TikTok a day, they will forcibly be prompted to set a new limit at the end of the week. Preteens will have a similar default, a 60 minutes, 60 minute daily limit, but parents or guardians must enter a passcode that extends their daily uses for a, another, another half hour. This announcement was made Wednesday, March 1st, amid privacy concerns and increased scrutiny over the app's safety for, young, for younger users. That's it for this segment. Next up is the Band Kiss final shows. Let's get to it. The Band Kiss originated from the Manhattan region of New York City and scheduled to perform two final concerts 
before it ends touring no more. Not a rock and roller myself, I have always, though, viewed Kiss publicized through media mention. I do know they were one of the more iconic bands, always seeing them on TV for concerts, on TV footage, on shows. KISS consists of original members who are Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Eric Singer, and Tommy Thayer. KISS was born in New York City half a century ago on 23rd Street. They are scheduling back-to-back shows in Madison Square Garden to finish off on December 1st and December 2nd. Just 10 blocks and 50 years from where they first started. Their hit songs include Rock and Roll All Night and I Was Made for Loving You. Awarded for a Grammy nomination in 1999, Kiss has headlined dozens of tours since their 1973 debut and was introduced to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1999. I always knew Kiss for their costumes for performance. It kind of freaked me out, but I found it different. You couldn't hear mention of rock and roll throughout my childhood days without the name Kiss popping up. They set many trends and influenced many, influenced millions by their hardcore rock performance. I haven't been aware to the current rock, to current rock, but curious who will take their place. That's the final segment of Hot Feed. I hope you gain much on public awareness. Tune in in two weeks for the next episode. Feel free to stop by my website if you feel Hot Feed was beneficial and donate to the future cause of my book and podcast collections. Once again, my website is www.rootforcepublications.com. Thank you.